is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. I'm Chris, and I hope to one day do a Hallmark movie that Bran really likes. And this (laughs) is the Deck the Hallmark Hallmark podcast. Oh, oh we're here. I got to tell you. Yeah. It's an exciting day. People, Team Lucas over there, you can stop. Stop with the calls and emails. We got him. He's right here. This is Lucas, right? This is <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nathan. You're Nathan? What? Unbelievable. <laughs> um, man, Chris McNally on the pod today. Amazing. Amazing. Chris, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. On a scale of one to ten, where you at uh, excitement wise for being here? Cause I know like, I know how intimidating we are and like, I just want to know where you're at. I'm very excited. I listened to a few of your episodes. That I'm wasn't a number, here. Chris. That wasn't a number. Give me a number. Uh, okay. I would say I'm a 8.7. You, wow. 8.7. All right. You, you can yeah. tell the fact that he listened to some episodes beforehand means he's too good for our program. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy. You can yeah. tell already he's yeah. a good guy yeah. uh, and he That's still came true. on. <laughs> I'm not witty enough off the cuff, so I had to prep myself. I'm like, what am I getting myself into That's here? right. But no. he, he listened to more than one, and he still decided to come on the show. That's good stuff <laughs> That's there, normally man. when people say, I'm out. I'm out of here. I'm out. No, uh, I like it. Well, Chris, we're very excited to have you. Um, obviously, um, Wind Calls to Heart, season eight, it's happening. It's up and running. We're going to ask you hard-hitting questions. We're going to try <laughs> right. to get, get you to give us information that will get you in trouble, right. and you're going to be a smart enough guy to go around it. And we get it. We know how the game is played. The dance will be there. The though, dance Chris. will be there. And I think that's what okay. we're all looking forward to. Uh, but let's go back uh, to the beginning um, of, of your life, if you will. Where were you born? Um, how old were you when you were born? And uh, when did you start kind of getting into acting and realizing that you, you, you wanted to do something like that? I oddly was born at the age of four. Congratulations. Miles. Something Crazy. new. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Bit of a phenomenon there. I, I was born in Scarborough, Ontario. And then when I was really young, my parents moved to North Van, uh, North Vancouver, sorry, in BC, Canada. And so that's where, that's where I grew up. I think my parents were kind of testing it out for about a year. They wanted to see if work, this work situation was better out here. And they fell in love with it. It's, I mean, it's a really great city and they never left. What also, did uh, what did your parents far away from the in-laws. What did your parents do? What did they uh, what did they do? They're interior designers. Oh, Both well, your them. house look it looks very yeah. nice and well decorated in the background. So, <laughs> if we were nice doing that uh, that Twitter account where you you vote people uh, background, have you seen that on the Zoom? No, but this is good stuff, Brandon. Where they, they rate people's backgrounds? Have you seen this? When when ev- so when everybody started doing interviews do at home, <laughs> this t- person on Twitter started rating people's backgrounds, and it's a it's a funny. Okay. I'd give you a 10. It's a great background. I give you an 8.7. 8.7, Chris. All right. Well, that's a good rating. So they're both interior. You guys a nine. Thank you. Thank you. They're both interior designers, both of them. So did they work like that work under the same company? Like they had a company together and they they just did did it together as a couple? Well, they both had independent independent jobs for a while. And then my dad kind of got sick of having someone telling him what to do and he decided to open up his own company. So no, I know that feeling. he's got that. <laughs> yeah, he's got that. And then, uh, and then honestly that my mom sort of shifted into taking care of myself and my brother, and my sister, um, and being uh, a full-time mom. And then once we got a little older, she kind of got back. She helps him out when he needs a hand. This sounds like a Hallmark movie itself. Uh, like a, like a love, love by design or something where both are interior designers, rival companies. And then they start their own, like, like, are you sure you're not making this up and you're not actually telling us about your parents? I've actually, I saw that movie and I was like, that's so weird. That's exactly what I went through. That's, exactly. that's my life. And, and, you, and you're from Canada. So it always, it's easy yeah, at it's that It's easy. Point. Vancouver. You I mean, just walk on. down the street. You're ready to yeah. go. That's right. Um, so uh, the acting part, when did you uh, kind of start being interested in that? And uh, how did that kind of unfold for you? I don't know. I like, I, I never, I don't remember a defining moment necessarily where I was like, oh man, this is what I have to do. I always kind of wanted to. Um, it was an, I just thought it was, would be a really cool job. And then there were certain moments, uh, as I grew up, that sort of solidified that thought. Um, but I started, I started, I think, I think my mom got me an agent when I was little, like 
a kid and did a couple commercials. Didn't really book anything. I was awful. I had this totally, like, I was really bad. I didn't understand what it was about. I figured it was just something that you went and did, not something that you had to kind of learn, <laughs> um, that it was a craft. I'm like, yeah, you just go act. So I booked nothing for uh, a good reason. Um, and then when I finished high school, my parents were like, you got you to gotta do something. You got to go to university or college. So they enrolled me in local college i went for a semester and i was like this sucks i i'm not into this at all uh, i just want to act and then at that point i was kind of cluing in that the only practice i was getting in terms of acting was the auditions i was going to which is not the best game plan so i um i dropped out of college um actually i kept my studio art classes because i like painting and drawing and whatever that was fun um but i i left the economics and business and calculus and, Who needs behind. Yeah. and uh <laughs> well actually now i'm interested in it by the time i wasn't so i started studying at some private acting schools around vancouver um, and kind of made my made my rounds and took up bartending i bartended for 10 years and just kind of worked my butt off um while spending my tip money on on classes and then eventually after a decade got to the point where i was able to leave bartending behind so and just do this full time were your parents cool with this like hey you got to go mm -hmm. to college somewhere you drop out after a semester and you're just going to bartend <laughs> and 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 take like theater classes your parents were like yeah that works for us yeah they were fine with it i think they just wanted me to have ambition no matter what the direction was um i mean as long as it wasn't anything illegal or whatnot. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah. what was your uh, uh, but as long did, as i had good intentions and i was focused yeah did you have a specialty on that did you have a specialty drink that you really you, you, you kind of this is mine like this is the mcnally right here uh it 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 varies um i i have a whole bar here at home nice um, i'd love to have you guys over in a different time we can make up some cocktails but uh right now i'd say i'm into a whiskey raspberry jam sour Wow. Sort of, ah, make it home. Fancy. Yeah. Man. Yeah, now, um, this is more than we bargained for. I am, uh, <laughs> I'm, um, Dan will make, Dan makes fun of me, but I don't care. I am, um, I'm a very big fan of chocolate, um, martinis. <laughs> he doesn't like anything that's not super okay. sweet. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. cotton candy. Sweet, so, Chris. uh, like I, 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 there's a restaurant in town that I really love and they make a really, really good chocolate espresso martini. <laughs> so if you could work yeah. like on like getting a, something really special for me, and then that way, when we're up there, you know kind of what I'm Since into. you've already invited us and everything. Yeah, you are, the invite was already there, so I don't feel bad. I, like, yeah. I'm not intruding at this point. No, come on up. Okay, yeah. cool. For sure. Hey, when give, the me, border opens. give me some brands. Like, what commercials were we talking about as a kid? Like, anything you remember? Yeah, the most fun that I had was uh, a Nerf. Wait. You know what? All I remember was the Nerf guns. I have a feeling it was a... Uh, I think it was a car commercial. I don't even know. But anyway, you know those is, car commercials with the I Nerf was, guns? <laughs> no, the, the point is I was in the car that didn't have whatever the put together family had, like whatever the thing the ad was selling, this one family had it and they're stuck in traffic and everything's great. And then they look over at the next car and we were the car, the family that didn't have whatever the thing was. And we we're beating each other around with like Nerf bats and, and foam and just like going bananas. <laughs> Um, so that was a great time. I, I really enjoyed that one. And then I did a Nerds Rope commercial. Do you guys ever have Nerds Rope? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I love yeah. them. Come on, it's, Nerds it's Rope. Nerds oh, and no. on the rope. Why not? I lied to you. I, I voiced over on the Nerds Rope commercial. I was doing the Laffy Taffy commercial. Oh, yeah. Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let thanks me, for being a liar, yeah, Chris. Yeah, it's we're <laughs> keeping me on. Unforgiven. Uh, let, me ask, <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, you uh, start taking these acting classes at what, like, how early on did you realize when you were taking these classes that you have no idea what you're doing? What was the thing, the thing that you were working on? You were like, oh my gosh, there's like actual skill that I can improve on uh, with my acting chops yeah. that this is really going to help with. Probably the first, you know, response of the teacher after I do my first scene and it's like a, okay, yeah, um, <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, you said words. Um, I, yeah. No, I was just, I, man, I, I feel like I struggle with self-diagnosed anxiety. I haven't actually gone to it. You know, no one's told me I have it, but I, I get like my walls close in and my, my heart goes up. And, and I remember I would go to that, I would drive that acting class and like my palms were wet with sweat from the steering wheel. And so I was like, okay, clearly this is something that really makes me nervous, but I also must really care about it for that same reason. Um, so I think a lot of it was getting 
over that and being able to be comfortable um, exploring and not not worrying what maybe people thought of me or or looking like like an idiot or whatever the whatever was holding me back mentally. Is there a worse feeling than you finishing a scene and a director going, "Okay, just like that"? <laughs> brings back memories man <laughs> it's um, a trigger yeah i bet the uh so 10 years of bartending is a, that's a decade chris it's a long time yeah. at any point yeah. did you think this isn't happening for me i'm just gonna i'm gonna ditch the acting thing and, and go do something else i never got to the, I, I never thought i was gonna ditch it but i definitely thought man this might not happen for me and it was a, a roller coaster so many ups and downs and, and you know one of the worst parts was i worked at I have a habit of staying somewhere for a long time. So I worked at this one bar for seven and a half years and wow. the regulars that would come there knew me for that amount of time. And on like year seven, they're being like, so how's, uh, how's the acting going? When they sit down for an like, God, good. I'm, it's great. Yeah, That's when you start acting. Habit going. Yeah, it's like your parents asking if you're going to get married. Like, it's just like mm -hmm. at some point, um, I asked yeah. this to everyone. So if your anxiety doesn't want you to answer it, Chris, feel no pressure, but everyone else has answered it up. <laughs> to this point. Um, do you have a memorably bad audition, an audition yeah. that in your head's like everybody has one, one that you can remember just like, man, you walked out and you went, boy, that was a face plant that you would be willing to share with us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's been, there's been tons, but, but okay. To be honest, there's two that stick out of my mind. One though, I feel like I can, I can get away with getting two, telling two because one of them, I didn't actually even get to audition. It was so bad. I was, I was late. I was uh, speeding. I got pulled over. Um, the cop was really mean to me. He's like, what are you doing? You're going this fast in your mother's car. And I was like, I'm, I'm trying to get to an audition. He's like, what? You're risking your life and everyone's life to get to an audition. I was like, but it's a good part. It's a director producer session. And what was uh, the movie or TV show? What was the, I, I think it was a show called Arctic air that shoots here, shot here in Vancouver. Okay. And, uh, and by the time I, I got there and I was just sh like shaking, quivering, you know, going, getting pulled over really rattled me. And, and, um, I, I kind of knock on the door and it, it was, the office was closed. And then she casting director opens the door. She's like, Hey, Chris, sessions like everyone's gone home like it's done are, are you okay i'm like yeah yeah i'm fine i think i went and cried on a, a park bench somewhere but um but in terms of actual in-room bad experience um i had i had one uh kind of recently where casting director was um now that i've been working a little bit on when calls and when i i find it's much friendlier in the room um so they're like hey how's it going like how, how's when calls and you know how, how's your family like it seemed to be a, a great conversation we're up to i felt really comfortable and um and i and i did the first scene and um she's like right okay uh try this and what she was suggesting was exactly what i had thought i was doing so that leaves you nowhere to go where you're like all right I, I like normally I can take a note, but when you give me to, you tell me to do what I thought I was doing, I don't know what to do from there. So I, I it just kind of started spiraling. I don't know where it was going. It was just, I was just reaching all these directions. And, um, and she's, we did it like four or five times and then she just gave up on that scene and we went out and the same kind of thing happened for the rest. I just, it, it fell apart. And then going from such a friendly conversation at the beginning to after finishing that third scene and she goes, yeah. Uh, and then she just kind of like her eyes just, fade away from me and stare out the window and then she kind of squints like michael sarah did in super bad when he gets caught peeping it's just a squint and she goes well have a good christmas and i was like Oh, I'll man. just see myself out. You too. <laughs> oh, boy. You too. That's when you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we leave bartending behind altogether, I want to know at any point in the 10 years, did you have any dreams of opening up your own bar? And if so, what was yeah. it going to be named? I still do. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe something along the lines of the apothecary or um, I don't know, something, something fun. But I, I have a dream of at some point opening up um a small intimate kind of boutique cocktail bar that's low-key um i don't want anything pretentious but i also want it to be somewhere where you can go and you know that you're going to get an excellent cocktail i love death and co uh in uh new york the east coast that's one of my favorite bars and there's a place in la called in chief's clothing that is so badass it's like it's it's inspired by a japanese hi-fi bar and it's all mid-century modern um i've heard that the layout like, like their first priority was actually the um 
the uh, acoustics of the room. Um, and so behind the bar is a, a big vinyl library and the, the bartenders spin whatever they're playing. And they have mirrors set up kind of like an oyster bar does. So you can see down at the at whatever is on the tabletop spinning the way you would be able to see down at, uh, at oh, the wow. oysters on the bed. Um, which I like. I also bartended at an oyster bar for a while, so that was fun. But something like that, that's, uh, it's all about the music. They have these little cards on the table that say, no cell phones, no photos, keep your voices down below the music. Um, so it's just an intimate spot to go have a great cocktail, listen to good tunes, and, uh, and have a, like, you know, and on a hand, nice conversation. You're, uh, nice you're speaking brands language right now yeah. uh, with everything but the cocktails that taste like cocktails. Everything else you, you really <laughs> want them over with. As long as I can I mean, get a chocolate I'll martini. I'll put a chocolate again. espresso martini on there. Call, just it, for you. call it the brand. brand call it the special. brand. That's brand right. special. Yeah. That's yeah. all I want. Well, what's crazy is I was going to say your last name. I mean, McNally's is a great name but for a bar, but it's not the kind of bar you're talking about. McNally's is the Irish, <laughs> pub. Irish pub. Yeah, yeah. That's where you go. You get like a snake bite and like, a you know, whatever. So that's not what you're going for at all yeah. <laughs> no yeah, somebody but, told me so recently I, an irish bar is like home like anywhere in the world wherever you go you go to an irish pub and it's gonna look the same so if yep. you ever <laughs> feeling homesick and you need something of of similarity just go to an irish pub yeah it seems yep. to be base in most like you know i used to drive for uber here in greenville we're in south carolina i used to drive for yeah. uber and everyone's home base was an Irish pub downtown. That's where they finished the night every, every, like that right. was the most popular spot. Like, so it's uh, even within the land. Look at this guy. He's even got a Guinness wow. shirt on. Unbelievable. So yeah, he gets it. He understands. I love it. Yeah. D during your 10 years bartending, are you saying you had no, no jobs, no acting jobs at all during that time? Oh, it was pretty brutal. I mean, I, I, I worked so hard in class and, um, and I felt like I was making progress, but then I would go into an audition and I would just crumble. And I think it's anxiety. Like I think it probably should have been on some kind of medication. I might, I might have a different career today if I could go in there and just do what I wanted to, but I would fall apart every time. So there was years, you know, two, three years, year spans where I, I didn't get, I feel like I didn't book anything. And even the things I did get would be like, I don't know, guy number two, those kind of things. <laughs> A one line. And then, and then, you know, what's the funny thing is I love acting so much and I really, I, I love what I was doing in class. And, um, and I, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's really important to me. Um, it was the most important thing to me during that, during that time. And, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. So so important to me. I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, I know what it was. So I wanted this job so bad. And then I would go and I would get a job and it would be something like guy number two. Um, and you were treated terribly because you're, they know that you're only there for like, for one day, you've got one line. Your job is to not screw it up. Don't hold them up. Like don't waste time. Just go and do your thing, get out. And, um, because they knew that you were going to leave, like nobody paid, it was very unfriendly. And so when I actually would get a job, I think that was such a miserable experience. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm confused. I mean, I really want to do this, but but I just feel like I'm in the way the whole time when I do get it. Um, and then it wasn't until I started getting parts with more, you know, a more substantial role and more responsibility that I realized, Oh no. It, so, so what was, this is supportive. It's just, uh, sometimes they don't have time for the little guy. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Especially on a show that's been running for you. Like I, we, I make yeah. a joke to brand. We look at everyone's filmography beforehand. <clears throat> everyone that's been on this show has been on supernatural. Like everyone has an episode. Oh, it's a Vancouver rite of yeah, passage. It's a Vancouver. You have to be on the show. They're running out of people. Yeah. Like they're just walking <laughs> up to people. Be like, I could get a role on supernatural. You were two different characters on supernatural. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you gotta wait at least, I think two seasons and then they can bring you back. <laughs> oh, wow. There you yeah, go. So then, like a show like that, that's a well-oiled machine. has got the new guy on it. What are they going to do? They're not going to give you that yeah. preferential treatment. But what is, what was the big break? Like, what was the thing where you were like, okay, I think I can make a living doing this. Like, what was the, how about this? What was the role that when you booked it and it was a done deal, you hung up the bartending apron? Uh, okay. I think there are two kind of, maybe two different jobs for that because I held on to the bartending. Because after, after a decade, even though I grew to hate every second that I was there because every minute that I was working in the bar it was a minute I wasn't doing what I wanted to do but then I started to develop this attachment with it where I'm like I can't let it go what happens I, this has become such a familiar part of my life that I was afraid to quit um, but I think what really changed for me was I booked a job on a Netflix show called Altered Carbon um, and it was a three episode arc and actually I had no 
at the time I was, I just gotten out of a pretty toxic long-term relationship where I felt like I was really held back and couldn't do what I wanted to do. So as part of the kind of me liberating, feeling liberated, I was like, I'm going to audition for theater school. I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to, um, I wanted to get into Juilliard. Um, in hindsight, I should have <laughs> maybe applied to some other schools, but in my head at the time I was like, I'm going to go to Juilliard. It's the only school for me. So it's the only school I applied for. Um, I went down there and I auditioned and didn't get in. Um, but right while I was there, I got this t um, email came through for uh, this show called Alter Carbon. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't have time for that. I'm getting into Juilliard. I, I don't have time to focus. Like, I got to focus on my monologues. And um, and so I, I found this. It was a last minute thing. I found this guy who happened to be a few blocks away who had a taping studio because uh, I guess we weren't really doing it on our phones at, then, but at that point. It was a few years ago. Um, but anyways, I, I just taped it off, like it was taped it as quickly as I could, um, didn't give it another thought, and then didn't get into Juilliard, but a couple weeks later got a call and said, like, hey, you've uh, you booked this Alter Carbon, recurring on Alter Carbon, which turned out to, at the time, I think be maybe the most or second most expensive show Netflix has ever done um, after The Crown. And so that totally, um, in terms of being a Vancouver actor, when you get something like that, then your Vancouver agents can say, they can go down to LA and say, Hey, we've got this, you know, a client of ours. Um, he's just booked a recurring on alter carbon. And then that kind of gets the, the movement going and the buzz going for you down there for them to say, Hey, this guy, um, you know, this might, this guy might be pretty good. Is he someone that we want to work with? So that job ended hooking me up, um, ended up hooking me up with my LA managers. And then my LA managers uh, were instrumental in me getting my O1 visa to go down and move to LA. And then, um, and then I booked a bunch of stuff uh, all at once that, that just came out of nowhere. I did um, a lifetime movie. Uh, and, and then immediately after that, I got on a Hallmark, uh, Rocky Mountain Christmas. I know yeah. you guys have That's done, the first uh, one we ever Chris, did. Right, Chris that, Palaha? Uh, Palaha's yeah. been on our show a bunch. He wrote the forward yeah, for guy. our book that's coming out. But Rocky Mountain cool. Christmas is the first movie we ever reviewed. And we talk, oh, yeah. we talk extensively about Cody in the episode. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't listen to that one, but I should. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cody, I love that. What does he say at one point? I can't throw a lasso around here without... <laughs> Or without hitting a celebrity or something like that. <laughs> Don't we get into a anyway. long thing about how we feel like Cody and, and the other girl, the other girl, there's another girl. They should be getting together yeah. and yeah. it never happens. That was a big thing for us. Yeah. 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 But it should have. Um, okay. Just to wrap up that story real quick though. I did, I did uh, the Rocky Mountain Christmas and then Christmas break happened. And then I got a call right after that saying, uh, Hey, you booked uh, uh, you, there's an offer for you to do um, this movie with Julie Gonzalo called The Sweetest Heart on Hallmark. And I told my ref, I was like, are you you're talking to Chris? And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, well, you, it's the wrong person. I'm not. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you, they, they, they want to, they want to bring you on to do this movie. So that just kind of came out of nowhere. And those, but those three jobs, bam, 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 um, allowed me um, to save up enough of a nest egg to move down to LA. Yeah, you, you, I can see why you would think that, though, Chris. You're just not attractive. That's the problem is you're just not leading man material. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> don't, hey, don't. I don't. Know. I mean, we all have our self, we're all self-conscious. Right? I, I, you said something, and I just want to take a quick uh, uh, off-ramp on this. You, you mentioned um, doing uh, auditions, and now you're doing stuff over over your phone and video. It, it, yeah. it what? Is that easier or harder? Um, and like from a, like you talked a little bit about, you know, anxiety and auditioning. How does mm -hmm. that uh, change from in person to via Zoom or however it's happening now uh, for you personally? I think the whole reason I booked Alter Carbon was because I didn't have to walk into the room. I was really? able to do it wow. on tape. Yeah, I, 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 I can't stand auditions. The only one I've actually done a good job on was When Calls the Heart. Wow. Um, and yeah. And so I, I'm a big fan of doing it on my phone at home um, without the pressure of being in the room with anybody else. However, there's other people who thrive off that. You know, they love the kind of the mercurial spontaneity of, of what happens in the room. For me, it stresses me out. So it just depends on the person. Um, but I will say that the phone era is great because I used to have a taping set up in my apartment uh years ago and hundreds of tapes between myself and my friends and we had like the, a dslr camera yeah. and our lenses and and microphones and bounces and lights and like and then i had to i had to um convert the codec and then cut it i was using like final cut i, I mean it just was it would take 
hours to do a single tape. And now I just record on my phone, put it into iMovie, and the whole thing's done in like 20 minutes or whatever. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm, I love how the direction has gone now. Does it get any easier? I mean, now you've established yourself as a name. Um, you know, you've, mm -hmm. you've got a lot of credits on IMDb. You're le leading star, you're the leading male star in these Hallmark movies. Big deal on Wind Calls a Heart. Do, does auditioning in person get easier or is it the same jitters, nervous energy before you do it still? I thought it would get easier and then I got wished a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah squint and merry christmas yeah. i i'd say in general i have more self-confidence than i did before walking in um but that audition to me was proof that it's just as easy to fall off as it was prior yeah and i i think do you have a problem watching yourself like is it tough for you to watch the stuff that you've done or is that is that easy yeah it's not my favorite thing to do but i feel like because I've done so many tapes um, and I was able to, you know, watch the tape and, and try and watch it, uh, detach myself from watching me and watch it objectively and see what's working, what's not working. Um, so I think doing that enough has allowed me to kind of watch myself without as much pain as I used to. But uh, it's not something I would I would choose to do. I, I wouldn't volunteer to watch myself. <laughs> what uh, what was the transition like going from uh the Cody's of the world in Rocky mountain to the leading guy and Hallmark. Was it, um, a, a hard transition? There's a lot more pages, there's a lot more time and, uh, all that. Or did you find yourself kind of relishing in the mo and like flourishing and being like, this is what I've wanted this whole time. It's, this has all been worth it for me. It's easy. Yeah. I find it easier because you have more to work with. Yeah. Um, there's more character to, to flush out and just more time to play. So, uh, I was, once I got over the shock, you know, I was, um, I was thrilled about it. And I also find it in a way easier because now for those roles, if you're fortunate enough to be in a position where they, they reach out to you, that's what they do. Like they, they just call up and say, Hey, do you want to do this one? Whereas the Cody's you're auditioning for it. And most of the time they go a different direction. Let's talk about uh, when did you I, have a question? I have really one more question yeah, before homework stuff, which is you've been on you know a number of TV shows, not just Supernatural and Lucifer and a few others. Which set guesting on as you know crew guy number six or whatever you were guesting as felt like the most like family? Felt like a set where you were like, man, these people really do are, are having a blast. And I know that that's true about all the sets, but which one felt the most like that to you that you were a guest on? I think, I th I think Altered Carbon, um, it was a massive production, but yet you still felt like you were a, a, an important part of the puzzle. And it was also, um, I, I really liked the cast and I respected the cast a lot. Uh, I was just happy to be in the same room with some of those guys and, and see how they work. Uh, and they were very welcoming. You know, sometimes I feel like, the lead uh, lead actors don't necessarily want to share a green room with people who are coming in for a couple days or a couple episodes. They have their own private space to be. So they don't really want a small talk, but um, that one, everyone just hung out in the same, uh, in the same area uh, each day. And um, yeah. And so I felt, I felt like part of the team, even though I was just there for a Fantastic. bit. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one calls the heart. Cause you mentioned you had to audition for that. Um, mm -hmm. It's also, um, I, you know, Jack died. And it was a very Jack's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was a big deal, Dan. Huge deal. People yeah. were freaking out. Yeah. They had to do a whole like Facebook Live, like calming people yeah. down. Mm -hmm. And like, now the show is, but now, a, now the show is more popular than ever. Than ever. So I think it worked out. Maybe kill a character every now and then. Yeah. Hallmark, well, so so I I, I, I want to ask you this. This is a a, a big audition. It's for a, the Hallmark's, you know, signature, signature series. series. Yeah. And, uh, but you're coming in essentially, you know, we don't know yet if you're the fill in for Jack, but you're coming mm -hmm. in to kind of, you know, add to where the show is now lacking. Did you feel that pressure? Did you know about the Hardys? Did you know how big of a loss it was with Jack? What was it like for you going into that room to audition? You said it was your best audition. So tell us a little about the audition process, but also sure. kind of your, in the back of your mind, did you know everything that was going on with the show at the time? 
I, I didn't at the time that I auditioned. I knew that they were looking for um, two guys to come in and kind of um, be possible love interests for the Elizabeth character. Um, I knew that Hardy's that it was a, a big show because it shoots here in Vancouver, but I'd never auditioned for it. I had a terrible time. I couldn't get into any rooms. Um, so I, I didn't, you know, it had been shooting for five years in Vancouver, but I'd never had a chance to read for it uh, prior to this. Um, but then the... It wasn't. It didn't dawn on me until I got the job. Um, the pressure of once I started kind of looking into the Hardys and how upset they were that Jack died. And like they're still figuring they out how to the idea of two new guys come in. They're to figure, trying back. to figure out how to bring him back from the dead. Yep, still, yep. Team, like I'm team. I'm team Ghost Jack officially, Chris. <laughs> and I'm really sorry. I hope the best hey, for Lucas. Right. But I mean, you know that ghost storyline. I'm still holding holding out hope for. Yeah. Um, I love I love reading the comments and people like you know team Nathan team Lucas bring Jack back and then yeah. and then a couple people will get at that person like just let it go he's dead <laughs> <laughs> he left the show um, but to touch on the audition process for that um, I actually did have a case okay, two part I, I did have a bad audition originally I read for both characters oh wow so um, I, I originally read for my LA manager called me up and I was in LA. Uh, I made the move down there and he said, Hey, you've got a, an audition in the room for this Lucas character on one calls heart. So, um, I went there, I got lost. I was late. It was very hot. Um, I was sweaty and nervous and I, and it was like an audition that had a lot of action. Like you're on the floor and something's being robbed or something. And I don't know. <laughs> Why? And I was like <laughs> sitting behind a chair. I don't know. These scenes weren't actually in the, in the show that had been written specifically yeah. for these auditions. So I, I, I I don't know, but it was horrible. Like I, I left there and I just felt so defeated. I'm like, yeah, there goes another one. And then, um, and then my Vancouver manager called and said, Hey, they want Canada. Canadian casting wants you to tape for this Nathan character on when calls the heart. Uh, like, oh, okay. Well, I have another shot and I can tape it, which makes me feel good. So I taped it at home. Um, and I felt really solid about that read. A couple of weeks later, I got called that I was, um, pinned for Nathan and they wanted to do a chemistry read with Aaron. And it was, I, I just drove down the street to studio city and, uh, went and read with Aaron. And before that one, I was like, okay, I can't screw this up. I'm so done with screwing up auditions. So I took, I took like an hour before that read and I did all these kind of breathing exercises I used to do in the theater classes I took in Vancouver. And I just did everything I could to kind of mentally Zen and prep myself. And then I went in, and had a great read. It all clicked and worked perfectly. And I was like, oh man, it feels good to actually do what I know I can do and not crumble. Um, and then as I was about to leave, they said, hey, wait, do you have a, are you, do you have anything today? Can you stay for an extra half hour? And I was like, well, let me check my schedule. I'm thinking I'm very busy. <laughs> um, yeah. And they said, we'd love for you to read uh, for Lucas. Uh, we think you might be good for both parts. Do you have time to do that? And I was like, yes, I do. Um, so it was the same sides. And, but I had, I was in a better state of mind this time. And uh, I just took a half hour to uh, learn them. Really, I knew them already, but I was just going over them again. And then went back in and, and read Lucas and, and it clicked and it went great. And then they, um, I guess they called about a week later and said, you booked it. Do you know which one? And I said, is it Lucas? And they said, yeah, you got Lucas. I was like, great. Do you, that's the one I think I was leaning towards. If well, I could also you get to one. keep that beard with Lucas. I think the Mounties have to be clean shaven, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yes, and I look like an idiot without a beard. So <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy Sure you do, Chris. That. Sure you do. Uh, I feel like I do. Yeah. Uh, my friends, is la I shave my beard and they, they they laugh at me before even saying Do you hi. look really young? Do you look like you're like 10, 12 very years young. younger? Yeah. We, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'll, I'll look around 23. Yeah. If wow. I, uh, Man. Actually, you know, I haven't shaved it for a bit, so maybe I'll look twenty-five at this point. Oh, yeah. Okay, we uh, we we feel you. Yeah, here, yeah, this yeah, is no, a no. very like it's if a, we ever yeah. had to shave, I don't yeah. know, like yeah, what we do. Uh, do you, uh, I, I feel like like listening to you, like is is time kind of an enemy for you when it comes to this anxiety? Like, if you had to do an audition tomorrow, would that help you instead of having to do it in two weeks or getting all this time to prepare? Like, if you had to do it a lot quicker, would you just not have the time to get anxious about it as much? Um. No, I think the lack of time is what stresses me. It makes out. it worse. Um, yeah, I think it makes it worse. Okay, for sure. Wow. Yeah. There you have. Did it. Did you know once you booked it that the love triangle would last two full seasons, um, and you would still be just uh, just sitting there, sitting there in, in the library, just waiting, just uh, <laughs> did, and just and did you know that? Did they have this mapped out? 
No, I don't. Th- I, I know that they wanted to be sensitive of Elizabeth's character not moving on too quickly after the death of, of her husband. <laughs> um, so we knew that season one definitely, or sorry, my, yeah, I my got first you. season. Yeah. But season six, there wouldn't be an answer. Um, but I don't know that we knew too far after that. And then even this, this season, like we were kind of in the dark. We thought it would go one way and then they're like, oh, we changed our mind. And then they're like, oh, we changed it again. Oh, actually, well, and so we're just like, oh, man, <laughs> what's uh, the deal here? Chris, when you got the script that said that Elizabeth had chosen Lucas, what was your reaction um, just in general, like in your dressing room? I was like, man, I really wish that this is what, what happened, but I know that Kevin McGarry just wrote this as a joke and sent it to me. <laughs> Dude, let me ask you this. Did, uh, how long did it take before you f- got to find out? Like, do you, do they give you a full series arc, like season arc? Do they sit you down? Like, let's just say she picks you. Let, do, do they sit you down before season one, before season eight and go, okay, it's going to hem and haul some more. People are going to get frustrated. And then into season eight, Elizabeth is choosing, uh, is choosing Lucas. Or do you find out the week of, like with the script in hand? Well, I don't want to give anything away in terms of like how far into the season a final decision is made. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I will say that at the beginning of the season, they had a game plan and then it seemed to change and then change and and then it, in terms of finding out when I did find out that decision, wherever that decision falls, uh, it was fairly close to when we were shooting it. Wow, man. It's a well-oiled machine that's over there. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. crazy. That's like a Quentin Tarantino just writing <laughs> new pages like the day of. Do you get, how often do you get new pages on Winco? You're in the middle of a scene and they give you new pages. Does that ever happen? Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not as, uh, sometimes things have to be changed quickly, but uh, so when we start this, when we start a season, you've got a couple of weeks with the script, um, to prep. And then as we progress through the season, your time gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter to the point where I think towards the end, it was like 4 PM on the last day of shooting whatever episode we're starting the next one tomorrow morning at six and we don't have a script yet and wow. like we don't even know <laughs> so wow um, what were they doing yeah. all quarantine yeah yeah they're still getting over jack's death i believe still trying to <laughs> rewrite him back I, in there well you know it <laughs> oh wait i'm getting my ears wow time flies i was going to say they're trying to figure out what to do with uh abigail but uh <laughs> That Did you get to? Never mind. Were you on, was she still? Was she still on the show with you? With it, with, she was on for a year with yes, you. Yes, a year. Yeah. Yeah, we cried we, season six, and then um, you, do you, and then I think all that all that hit yeah, the fan, and yeah. Are I you, guess they went back and did some reshoots. Do you think they're yeah. going to bring her back? I hope that they do. Personally, I think yeah. she's a lovely person. I I really enjoyed working with her, and uh, and I think she's a great character. And I feel like this season there are some. I feel like they're setting up for it to be a possibility. Whether okay. it'll come to fruition, I don't know. Okay, I like that answer. Yeah, no, that's but I think they're answer, thinking sure. about it in the back of their mind. I think it's on their radar as something that could, I, could I, happen. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just stop. Let me yeah. ask you this: uh, it, it seems like that's a weird to start with that much prep time and to just keep getting narrower and narrower. Is I know from talking to actors from Hallmark, we've been doing for three years, that when you're shooting a 15-day movie, there is two takes max. Like you are just, you're moving, you got 120 pages, you got so many locations. Um, when you're on the set of Hope Valley, it's Hope Valley, I mean, like, that's it. Like there's not, you don't have to move to a lot of different locations, right? It's pretty much mm-hmm. all there. Is there a, a, there are there more takes available for an actor that wants to get it right? Like if you're not, if you're not feeling good after two takes, can you get three or four takes if you want it? Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely do that. Um, I'd say the only time that it gets hairy is as we start shooting into the winter and we're doing exterior scenes because the light is the the daylight is just so short in the winter. So um, at that point, when you're fighting the sun, um, there's not much you can do. Uh, But I'd say overall, in general, uh, it is a more relaxed schedule um, and feeling on set than on an MOW. Do you do you prefer do you prefer that or do you prefer the mad dash of the movie? I prefer the show. Yeah, I, I just it's you're exhausted by the end of a of an MOW, um, working every day or all day, and it's like you've already put in fourteen hours or whatever it is, and then you got to go and learn. You have to have time to, you know, catch up with your loved ones, call call your partner, um, walk the dog or dogs, feed. I mean, feed yourself, 
And then you got to learn everything that you got to do tomorrow. And then with those things, there's often changes last minute. So it's just, it's super chaotic. I, I prefer a, the series. A complete non sequitur, but you said dogs. I read on your Wikipedia page, you're home wherever your dogs are. How many dogs do you have? What kind of dogs do you have? Cause I'm a big dog. Two, guy. two, two. And they're pit bull huskies. That's minor, um, minor pit bull mixes. Minor pit bull mixes really? too. Yeah. True story. Nice. Both oh, rescues. Guys. Yep. That's right. Um, Me and Chris are besties. I don't know if you heard. I might switch from Team Ghost Jack to Team Lucas. I'm I'm starting to to to, to, to reconsider. Um, you may or may not be disappointed. I don't know. <laughs> with the you end do result. no. You do know, Chris. You do know. Don't yeah, don't act like you don't true. know. You know. Yeah. Just give us. There we get it. We get an answer, right? Yeah, yeah. There's an answer at some point this season. Okay. God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's easy enough. But you guys have a lot of catching up to do. You're still I know. On, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you next summer, well, I think, if my math is correct. Chris, also true, I'm not recommending you look it up, but we did a parody video of uh, the Wind Calls the Heart commercial where uh, before season seven where Aaron has kind of the cream-colored oh, top on. And, and, yeah, and, he's and, walking down the, hall, yeah, down the road. And, yeah, and I, uh, I, pl- <laughs> I play you in said uh, parody video. And so uh, I've got a, a three-piece suit on uh, the whole bit. And, you know, I look as good awesome. as you, too, for sure. Um, but I, I, uh, yeah, so that, that happened. You can check that out on the social. And I'm a Mountie want. and it was very natural. <laughs> I want to see that. A- I feel like, I feel like they changed the music, um, for the final version. But when we were filming that, they put up these huge speakers on like giant tripods and we're blasting Nina Simone feeling good. Wow. And, and, and so Aaron's walking and, and with her, it's like, bum, bum, and, and we're all, it was all we could do to keep a straight face. Like, this is ridiculous. That um, sounds like such the tenor they did of the change show. the music, but it was still ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I have no fear. Yeah. Did, uh, did you have any, I'm sorry. I know I'm asking all the questions. Yeah. Did you have any idea that it was like, did it, it or was anyone starting to get frustrated after season seven? Like, is, is she just never going to choose? Like it was Aaron starting to kind of be like, like what's going on? Do we, do I just need to choose somebody or has everybody just been happy to have all, all of this continue to stretch out as long as it has? Uh, I, I don't think any of us necessarily, at least Aaron and, and Kevin and I, I don't think we had that, that sense. We enjoyed the, um, the, uh, the, the triangle. Um, it's, it's fun for us in terms of extracurricular activities, not so much this year because of the pandemic, but prior, like the three of us got to travel. Like we would go to Denver or we, awesome. would, um, I, you know, we, we, and so we are like, ah, oh, once, once one person is chosen, this little tripod is not going to get to hang out and do these fun, fun adventures anymore. So, uh, we were happy to, uh, to stretch, to stretch that out. I think we s- sense the fans, uh, frustration and don't want to test their patience too much. Yeah. Um, so maybe, so, uh, maybe a little bit in that regard. What are you going to do with all of your free time, not traveling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work on my, uh, I'm going to meditate and work on my anxiety. The, let me ask you this. Uh, yeah, that's a good answer. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Does the, this may already be known and I just don't know. And I'm a doofus, but the character that doesn't get chosen, they're still going to be on the show. Or do they, do they die? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the showrunner made a point to call Kevin and I, and he's like, just so you know, no one is leaving. It okay. doesn't matter which way it goes. You know, there's still a community. Hope I was a community. And, I mean, and both characters are, 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 you know, kind of well-established in the town and they don't want to take it's that a, You got the heavy hitters all over the place on that show. I mean, just a- everywhere you look, Paul Green, Aaron Krako, you, Kevin McGarry, Jack Wagner. I mean, there's so many people in this world that exist. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's turning into kind of an all-star club. Yeah. Uh, on the Hallmark channel. And so it's, it's crazy to me knowing that every year a series budget already goes up for them to continue to add hall stars and keep them on. That's a commitment there. I mean, that is, that is, that does not go unnoticed. Yeah. It's a fun group. I love everybody on that show. Have you thought about, you know, whenever it is that you want to leave the show, how you want to die? Because they kill, they kill now. I don't know. (laughs) It's a kill situation. Have you thought about how you'd go, go, go down? I would, I would like to stay away from natural disasters because I feel like that's, it's like the, no one's to blame and that's yeah. no fun. So yeah. I feel like it should be maybe hand to hand combat of some sort. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think it should involve another person. Let me ask you this, Chris, if you could pick another actor from the Hall store universe okay. to show up in Hope Valley and kill you, <laughs> who would it be? 
Ben Ayers. <laughs> that would be a great one. We, we've had we've had Ben on the show. He would do that. He would do you proud there. I feel like That's he's a, a great guy. He's uh, hilarious. Um, well, let's do rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Well, uh, we each get to ask you three questions. You have to answer as quickly and as honestly as possible. More emphasis on the honesty and less on the quickness. Uh, Dan, uh, the most memorable experience you had going to a movie theater growing up. What movie was it? My family used to do, um, well, you remember when Lord of the Rings was coming out and yep. come out every, every Christmas. Yep. And so that kind of became a, an annual thing. My family would, we'd all pile into the van and go see the, the new Lord of the Rings together. So, um, that was fun cause there's so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very long yeah, endeavor. I like it. Have you ever gotten lost? <laughs> he said on the way to an audition, he got yeah, lost. Yeah, but like how lost? Like cool, what's the man, worst you've ever been lost? What's the worst you've ever been lost? The worst I've ever been lost. Um, God, I, I don't know. I um, asked the hard hitting questions. To, it would have to be before GPS. Cause like, I, I mean, I got a little lost going to that audition, but more it was like, I, I misread the GPS and I turned right too soon. and got right. stuck on the wrong way. And then I'm just cursing myself being like, you're an idiot. Why did you do that? Right. Um, but you know, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I have, we get there. We get there. On having a good sense of direction, and I made my buddy Matt know that because we were we were in Spain and um, and we had one hard copy of a map, and I had it, and he was like, "Man, we're going the wrong way," and I was like, "No, we're not. I know exactly where we're going." And we got to the point where I said, "Trust me, I have an excellent sense of direction," because I really felt <laughs> intuitively like I do. And and he, he's like, "Can I just see the map?" And I was like, "Fine." And so he, I show it to him. He looks at it and he looks at me. He looks back at the map and he's like, "It's upside down." <laughs> I was like, wow. Great. So, yeah, put me, I was pretty embarrassed about that and hurt my pride. And uh, I got us lost in Upside Spain. Upside down. I love it. Uh, my next Matt. one has a follow up, Chris. And I waited this right. long to ask you so you wouldn't hang up. Have you seen your IMDb photo? Yeah, I need to change it. Uh, and do There's you something strange happening? Do with you stand? Yeah, do you stand by it? That was my follow up question. <laughs> what is it? No, uh, he no. looks can, like he's in a band of some sort. Can you like hold it up? Here <laughs> <you go. laughs> oh yeah, you are doing something. I don't know. If he's got a full uh, camera. Like, yeah, yeah. Fit. I don't know what this is. I think at the at the time I didn't realize that it was weird, and I just haven't updated anything in years. Yeah, I'll man, listen to he's him. opening for Dashboard Confessional coming up at a new <laughs> a new tour somewhere. <laughs> Speaking of Dashboard Confessional, best concert you've ever seen? The best concert that I've ever seen uh, would probably, it would be uh, Coldplay, Fix You. Fix you yeah, too. right on. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed that. And that was primetime Coldplay. Um, yeah, yeah. Man, they shut the lights off and he's just he's just spinning the, oh, the light man. ball around on a big string and then lets it go. And then somehow he was on the other side of the stadium which is where we were in the cheaper seat. Uh, but he was like, he was like 30 feet away from me wow. uh, when the lights came up. And so oh. I just thought that was rad. I got goosebumps watching. That's cool. The most expensive drink you've ever per purchased for yourself or consumed that someone else has purchased for you. Most expensive. Well, crown media Hallmark is uh, generous enough to give us a per diem anytime we have to travel yep. for a particular event. Oh, I like this story sometimes, already. I love it. Let's go. Let's go. Sometimes at, at the end of a trip, you may have quite a bit left in your per diem you can't because you've been busy. Waste. You haven't been eating. Right. You can't, I mean, they've already like it's, yeah, they, they it's, budgeted. Three months. it's budgeted. Exactly. Thank you. It's in the budget. So <laughs> I thought, well, you know, it's my last night. I was sitting there with Kevin McGarry and Kevin um, from one calls. And I was like, I'm just going to get a, I'm just going to, I was gonna order a Louis the Thirteenth. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, I had a nice two or three hundred dollar ounce of brandy. Did, did they roll um, it out and like sit with you while you drank yeah, it? The full the deal and and the whole like gold. I mean, or a crystal glass with the gold on it is a whole thing. Is it worth it? Is it delicious? I had I had um, a glass the night before of maybe like sixty dollar uh, Hennessy XO something like that. Uh, I can tell the difference. Wow. <laughs> but I, I don't have, I don't, maybe might not have the refined palate. Well, to, uh, I've seen, I've been at a restaurant and to. seen it happen before and just been like, man, yeah. that is it. I've always wanted someone to have that story. I ask this question all the time and I, this is my first yeah. time getting to hear it. That's fantastic. Kevin's like, he's going to do it. <laughs> he actually did it. He ordered the loot. 
Joey. <laughs> it's a great impression too. Um, <laughs> and listen, Hallmark, just still give him it to him. Like, don't, don't, yeah, don't, no. stop giving him just because he spent it all. Like, just he deserves it. Um, my last question: um, Have you taken any um, suits from the set of When Calls the Heart to just wear around town every once in a while? <laughs> I haven't. I have not taken suits, but I did walk to, um, I was at Holt Renfrew in Vancouver and I walked in and I was like, Hey guys, I really need a Brown three piece suit because I had one on one calls and I was like, this is, this is badass, And I want one in my own wardrobe. And I think it was, it was July or something. And they're like, <laughs> it's not really the season for Brown. Like we don't, don't just have a Brown three. piece. I was like, what do you mean? You're, you're Holt Renfrew. You don't have a Brown three piece suit anywhere. Like, no, we don't have. So um, one day I'll get that. I, I haven't fulfilled it yet. I, I know we've already asked our questions, but if Erin Krako was to come on the program here, what words of wisdom would you give her for her time with us? Words of wisdom for Erin on this show. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> my mind's going different. Um, I, I would, well, I would tell you guys to just kind of, have fun. <laughs> have fun. I, I feel like Aaron, Aaron tries to be, she's, she's always very, um, uh, composed and politically correct. Okay. And I think, I think maybe you could, we're going to, we're going to, do, do you think we could get her to break that mold and maybe get yeah, out of the box like I, a little bit? I think that would be fun. I, I would enjoy that. Well, I we're, we're going to talk to her in three minutes. So we're going to pass oh, actually, that. We're going to pass true, that along to her. True story. And we're going to tell her, <laughs> To just to just let her let her let her guard down. Before those three minutes, can I quickly do a fact check with you guys? Sure. Please. Okay, because I wanna I wanna um, I just I I feel like you would be relieved to know that in sailing into love, it is in fact the ocean, it's not a lake. <laughs> That's filmed in Victoria, BC, which is probably about a ten minute boat ride from the border. Man, the story takes place in Washington, which is on the other side of that border. So it is authentically the Pacific Ocean. It's not a lake. Uh, I got to be that honest, legit. Chris, uh, I forgot you were in the movie, and I thank you so much I'm for a, sticking, sticking You're a hoy. You're a hoy. <laughs> You're a I hoy. gave you such a hard time, man. What a sport. Well, Unbelievable. You know, it was deserved. Um, <laughs> hey, I've seen it, too. It's okay. Um, Dude, you, also, are, you are awesome. Keep oh, going. Also, Keep going. Please more. do it. Yeah. Snow kissed. Yeah. Oh, boy. Definitely not Lucia playing that violin. Definitely yeah. not. I Definitely not. So. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, it, the woman's name is Momo. I don't know her last name, but her name's Momo. I love Momo. And that's yeah. why I say in the camera. Like, in oh, in IMDb, play. it said it was Lucia. And it's like, it just can't be Lucia. I looked it up after uh, listening and I said, like, yeah, it is in fact not that person. Man, so. he did his homework. This guy. Anymore or is that it? <laughs> Um, well, I really love the comment on the, uh, the, uh, hip check in New York. Yeah. I'm generally, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Take it great. down a notch. Yeah. I, I, I think all the points were awesome. Um, I laughed. I laughed hysterically last night listening to that. Well, You're a gentleman you. and a scholar and a, and a champion for coming on this show, man. Thank God you for bless joining you. us. Seriously. Oh, ahoy to you. Ahoy. Um, ahoy. everybody go follow him on the socials. You're on social media. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, Instagram's my name at Chris McNally. Uh, Twitter's the same, but there's a little um, underscore. What's it called? Not a ha- underscore at yeah. the end because uh, apparently someone got there first. Ugh, I hate that person. Uh, Guy, person, Chris Come McNally on. on Twitter. Give it to him. Give it to him. Right what now. are we doing here? Why are you holding <laughs> this? You can yeah. do. Um, thank you so much, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. And until then, may we be the first to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Deck the Hallmark is a Bramble Jam podcast recorded live. And yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina is produced by Brandon Gray. Set decor by Plum Haywood Mall. For more information on all Bramble Jam podcasts, you can go to BrambleJamPodcast.com. For more information on how to listen to Deck the Hallmark ad-free, you can go to BrambleJamPlus.com.